Hey there, I'm Sister Catherine Herms, author of Surviving Depression and Reclaim Regret, How God Heals Life's Disappointments, as well as the Just a Minute Meditations for Inner Peace and Deeper Trust. So it's super to be here today again with Jeanette. I'm so happy to be here, Sister. And also with all of you. So in our last conversation, we were talking about the symptoms that people are experiencing that would make us maybe want to take our spiritual temperature. Right. And then we talked some about St. Ignatius and his um, image of waves and of spiritual consolation as being at the top of the, the wave and then spiritual desolation being at the bottom and how we all experience both of them. But these days, it may feel like we're mostly down in the trough. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And also, when we're down in that trough, we, we hear voices. We don't really hear voices, but there are voices that in start our heads to and play. In, and in the culture, absolutely. To play. Um, voices that we tell, words, phrases that we tell ourselves, that we convince ourselves of, that other people are saying around us. We look at the news right. and we begin to think in certain patterns. They really aren't that helpful and that constructive. But they're very easy to fall into. I personally have fallen into them. Me too. <laughs> um, I suspect many of our listeners have fallen into. And let me just tell you a few of those voices because I think they will sound familiar. This isn't going to get better. There is nothing I can do. God has given up on me or God has given up on us. God's far away, has stopped listening, doesn't hear me, and prayer is useless. It doesn't work. There's no future. There is nothing I can do to make a difference. We don't usually hear all of them at once like that, but very often in in isolation, we'll hear one of them either that we're thinking or that we're reacting in some way to things around us. It's really easy. And it can be very subtle. It's not like someone's whispering in your ear. Right. Very subtle. You begin to take on this sense of darkness and uncertainty and powerlessness. You can be praying and then suddenly think, is is this going anywhere? Is Mm -hmm. this making a difference? Is God listening to me? Mm-hmm. Am I praying to anybody out there? And, and really, the evil one—that's the way he Absolutely. he gets himself into into our into our lives. He just starts whispering these little phrases into us, and we go like, "Yeah, look at the news." <laughs> but we don't identify it as the evil one because we're pretty much told in culture that well, the devil doesn't really exist. Right, right. And so mm-hmm. we say, "Oh, well, it must be the truth then." And and really, it makes complete sense. You open up the newspaper or read the news online, and what other conclusion can you draw? Right, right. You know, this isn't going to get better. Um, and we have we are such a small part of the puzzle. If you look at the yes. huge world stage and all the things that are amiss, and you look at yourself and what can I change? What can I do? Nothing. There's nothing I can do that's going to make a difference. Yes, yes. And um, I think that's part of the larger picture, too, that before we might have felt like we can make a difference, and before our awareness was more localized, mm-hmm. now with the internet and uh, texting and Twitter and Facebook, we know everything going on in the whole world at once. And it really is overwhelming sometimes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
but the thing is, we we have to really think about where this is coming from. And mm-hmm. as you said, you know, there is that that sort of seductive voice of the yes. evil one mm-hmm. that goes that finds these fears that are already in us. Yes, and preys on them. Mm-hmm. And um, although we cannot make a huge difference in the way we'd like to, I mean, I would like to take a magic wand and fix the world. That mm-hmm. would be grand. Can't do it. I know that. But there are things that we can do to look at sort of the flip side to those voices, mm-hmm. to say, there is something I can do in response to this. Mm-hmm. I remember um, after 9-11, um, we're here in Boston. So after 9-11, of course, all the planes were grounded. It was dead silence in the air, in Which the sky. Eerie. Very eerie. eerie. Um, no one exactly knew what was going on. And um, I was shortly going to have to fly home for vacation um, to Washington, D.C., of all places. Of all places. <laughs> of all places. So, so I, was very, um, I was very scared. I was very uncertain. I was very nervous, and um, as well as I'm sure many people were. I was talking on the phone to my dear mother, and, um, and she could sense this in me. And she said, Catherine... God is here, God is present, and God holds us in his hand. And as she said it again, I wrote it down. God is here, God is present, and God holds us in his hand. And in a sense, it was a knife, like the word of God. It it cut cleanly through all my concern and worry and nervousness and fear And I actually wrote it down and stuck it on the wall in front of me to remind me over and over again of the truth, the truth. Yeah, I think that we tend to want to see that God is here Mm -hmm. without just trusting that God is here. Yeah, I'm not seeing it, so of course it couldn't be possible. Mm -hmm. Well, of course it is possible. And as you say that God holds us in his hand, I'm reminded of a passage in Isaiah mm-hmm. where it says, I will not forsake you. I have carved you in the palm of my hand. Mm-hmm. And that image of just being held there and not just held there, but carved into God's mm-hmm. hand that he will mm-hmm. not forsake us. The promise mm-hmm. is there. And it's really kind of egocentric of us to say, well, I know better. <laughs> I know better. The, you know, the promise doesn't mean anything. The promise means that means everything. But, but Jeanette, bad things are happening all the time. Of course and, they do. And things happen to us that are painful and disconcerting and sometimes horrific. Um, we see things happening around us. We see sins and crimes and on every level. And um, and so, how does that all connect with this? promise of God that were carved in the palm of his hand. Well, I don't think that God has ever asked us to put on blinders to the Mm -hmm. world. Um, I don't think that trusting in God ever means that I have to not see Mm -hmm. reality the way it is. Um, What it does mean is that I have something where in the midst of all of this, I've got this knowledge, this sure knowledge that I am precious to God that God still loves me, that God still loves all of us, 
and that the promise of the Gospels is there. I mean, frankly, what we're going through is terrible. Granted, the world is in a terrible place. The church is in a terrible place. The church has been in a terrible place before. We won't say words like crusades and inquisition, but mm-hmm. we have a history there. But the reality is one of the worst times in the world was when Jesus was on the cross. Mm-hmm. Jesus was in a... a a land that had been occupied by a foreign government, a foreign government that dealt with people violently. Um, There's a reason they chose to crucify him. It's because that's what they did to people and that you could take a walk and see people crucified Mm -hmm. by the side of the road. I suspect that someone living then would say, the world is out of control. My land is occupied. Violence Mm -hmm. is on every hand. And God was still acting and acting in the most amazing ways then. So Mm -hmm. how can we say in our time, oh, we have it worse. Mm -hmm. It's worse for us, Mm -hmm. so God can't be acting and the promise can't be real. Mm -hmm. So when we're looking at these voices, one of the signs then that the voices are not from God is that they make you feel far from God or that God is far away from us. He doesn't care. He doesn't hear. He can't do anything, and therefore my life is up to fate or is meaningless. I can't, I can't make meaning of what is happening my, in my life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The unpredictability of it, I think, is the real mm-hmm. problem. That from day to day, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know where it's going to happen. We don't know to whom it's going to happen. But if we if we stay with that we're not staying inside what god is saying which is trust me i have carved you in the palm of my hand mm-hmm. so to to say yes the world is unpredictable and yes it's difficult but every time you hear one of those voices that say there's nothing i can do there is no future you can counter it by saying yes there is a future the future is with god mm-hmm. so If you wanted to hear the voice of God instead of the voice of the evil one that's that's perpetuating all these things, you sort of have to look at at your the list maybe that I said at the beginning. We don't have to go through it point by point, but the kinds of things that 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 the evil one is whispering to us and just turn it to the opposite, that there is something I can do. To listen to God whispering to you. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Which we can really find in Scripture, that I'm close to you, and you're close to me. If we look at the Gospel of John, I'm in you, and you are in me, Jesus said, and I am in the Father. That's this closest, safest space. That we could be in. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And when you say, I'm powerless, well, you're powerless if you choose to be powerless because Mm -hmm. you have the power to reflect God's love. Mm -hmm. I have the power to show God's love. When someone says to me, I'm upset, I'm angry, I don't know what to do, I have the power of God to Mm -hmm. turn to that person with a positive message Mm -hmm. of God. That is totally empowered. Mm-hmm. I, I have this idea that's coming to me too about um, mourning, mourning that the world doesn't mm. reflect God in the way God wishes it would. Right. So there's not a despair, 
but there's almost a joining with the heart of God. A sadness A there. sadness, right. a grieving, but right. grieving on the part of, of God's heart. What makes God sad? And almost wanting to console God. How can we console the heart of the king? How can we console the heart of the king Right. in this space? Um, another sign would be peace. Um, that there's a certain peace and it can happen as we said before that we can be in a very disrupted um, situation a very angry situation a very lost situation and yet at that same time experience on a deeper level that there is a certain peace there's a knowledge that something beautiful or good is a foot. I remember one time, and I've said this before to people, but I was in a situation where everything was going wrong and everything was being blocked in some mission mission uh, program. And, and I turned to God and I said, really, if you want to evangelize the world, there must be a better way of doing it than <laughs> this. <laughs> but uh, I remember saying to a spiritual director, even though it makes no sense, is stupid and crazy, I somehow feel that this is exactly the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that sense of peace, very quiet, very subtle. Um, that it's informing that's informing and that's Mm -hmm. what we can have in this whole experience um, as we live through a time that is very difficult on every level you can see things happening in countries all over the world Mm -hmm. you know there's a a huge transformation change afoot um, that we're living in and um, I want to add another illustration mm -hmm. sister that you and I had a conversation about yesterday with some other sisters Mm -hmm. and um, it's about a nun who was called to um, fly an airplane in Africa she was flying sisters in and out of mission places Mm -hmm. it was a small aircraft it was a dangerous mission and she crashed a few times and um, would get up and fix the plane and keep going and when someone asked her about it, you know, that, that God isn't with you. And she said, of course, the mission goes on. I just fixed the plane. And in a sense, that's what we're being called to do. That, yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes our plane is going to crash. Mm-hmm. And we get out and we fix the plane and we go on with what we are called to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just a little side note to that. They asked the sisters who were the passengers in the plane. <laughs> And they were saying, oh, yes, we really trusted her. But we said the rosary, we the, said whole the, rosary the whole time. <laughs> it's, it's, good to, it's good to say the rosary, too. And that kind of reminds Trust me. Trust and pray. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of reminds me that there are some really powerful um, parts of our religious, spiritual tradition that can help us at times like this. Exactly. And one of them, in this case, was ros- her, the rosary. Um, trust in Mary, believing in the power of prayer that you weren't going to crash, or if you did crash, you'd be okay. You'd be okay. And the mission would continue. And the mission would continue that God wanted this to go on. Right. But and, there are many others. And you have to ask, you know, I, I, I didn't know her, but I can just picture her sort of radiating God's love as she's doing this. That mm-hmm. it's all all right because... God Mm -hmm. is here and God is working through Mm -hmm. even the times that the plane goes down. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and and so I mean the question really is how can we go out and evangelize if we're not radiating that love and that's something that we all mm-hmm. can do mm-hmm. even when we're feeling discouraged even when things aren't going according to plan mm-hmm. that we can still radiate and show God's love and, and that reminds me of Father Amorth Father mm-hmm. Gabriel Amorth who was a priest of the Society of St. Paul who was a priest of the Diocese of Rome and an exorcist of the Diocese of Rome, and he recently died in this past year. And he said in his spiritual testament that God is infinitely more beautiful than the devil and much more attractive. That really bears thinking about, doesn't it? Yes, and so, you know, there's a propensity in human beings it's easier to fall into the negative, fall into everything's falling apart. And it takes a little more energy to focus on the beautiful and the positive, to make those beautiful things part of your life, to make those spiritual exercises part of your daily life that will help you see the beauty of God and bring the beauty of God into the world today. It's a truism, but it, it's a truism because it happens to be true that it takes fewer muscles to smile than to frown. And yet we're constantly <laughs> frowning. It makes you wonder, why are we drawn to that? If we went mm-hmm. around the, our days with a smile, mm-hmm. if we were showing that there's something wonderful inside and, and, and some secret that we have, I'm reminded of St. Francis of Assisi who said, you may be the only gospel your neighbor ever reads. Mm -hmm. And to think, if someone looked at me and the way that I'm comporting myself, would they see God in that? Mm -hmm. And that's a way we can change the world Mm -hmm. by showing that love and showing Mm -hmm. God and having people say, you're different. What makes you different? And the response being, I know that God is with me. Yeah, so radiating the fact that we are children of God um, evangelizing can be as simple as being radiant, as being right. being sure mm-hmm. and be trusting in the Word of God that we truly are um, part of God's family, that we are children, sons and daughters of God. And we were never told, we were never called to understand the world. We were never mm-hmm. told that the world would be fair. We would never we were never told that life would be okay. We were told that we are loved by God. Mm-hmm. And if we can hang on to that and not have our egos say, but I've got to figure it out all out. I need to understand the world. I need to understand why all these things are happening. Actually, no, you don't. That's mm-hmm. not part of the promise. Yes, yes. And um, Father Morth, of course, he was an exorcist. But truly, his major message was that we are like little Therese, that we will be judged on love. So it's, it takes effort, intentionality, um, decisiveness, a resoluteness to bring that love into one's life in little ways. I believe he also wrote, and I think this is so true, that the deadliest lie from the evil one or the angel of darkness is God does not love you. And the moment you start feeling like God does not love me, that's you know a lie. That's, that's a, a lie. lie. Uh-huh. And you know that that is coming from the evil one. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. kind of, and any, anything else is actually sort of be- below that or besides that because mm-hmm. that's the worst lie there is that God doesn't love you. Yes, yes. 
And, and Christ on the cross, he relied totally on the Father in this moment of pain, of agony, of loss. Um, he abandoned himself completely to loving us and to loving his Father, to trusting his Father as he loved us. And in some ways, as Christians, we, we can spend ourselves loving the world. We don't have to understand the world, but we can love the world in all of its crazy, chaotic, present moment of distress um, and trust the Father that God is present and working um, through all of this, not despite it, but through all of this. And in order to trust that, we don't have to understand. We want yes. to understand because mm -hmm. we're sentient beings and we've got our intellects and we think we rule the world yeah. and we feel like we should have, we should understand it. And actually, no, we don't. We really don't. All we need to do is trust in God's love and show that love to others. And that kind of thing has a ripple effect mm -hmm. that if... I show love to another person, they are much more likely to pass that on. Mm -hmm. And as adults, we're supposed to understand things. If we're right. a parent, we need to understand what's going on to really help our child. So, um, but we can't understand the chaos, mm -hmm. but we can understand if we look for where we can hear the good voices, what we can understand is that God is doing something. Right. And that there is a path that we can take that's mapped out for us in our faith, our Catholic faith, our Christian faith. And that is what we can give the world, give our children, um, give our families, friends who come to us. Right. Um, we want to have control over everything, and we can't. But what we can control are the things that we've that as you say our faith has been teaching us for 2000 years mm -hmm. things that have worked for people for centuries things that are actually sort of a guidebook to get through or a map if you will to get through all the chaos and the uncertainty and the violence and all the other things out there um like and, humility. Yeah, they're not that and difficult. Faith. They are not that difficult. They're prayer, especially the rosary, I find comforting mm -hmm. in these times. Um, the sacraments, especially mass and reconciliation. Mm -hmm. um, living a Christian life in conformity with the gospel. The gospel is so clear and so specific, and we don't take it at its word that you're supposed to turn the other cheek, return good for evil. Um, clothe the naked, feed the hungry. These are not difficult things. Love God and your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. If we can follow the precepts of the gospel, if we can forgive our enemies, if we can do these works of charity, it's fairly specific. And we don't do it because we think we need to do something bigger or more different. Mm -hmm. And we don't. If we just follow these things that the church has been telling us for centuries, there's a reason why the church has been telling us this for centuries it's because it works and going back to the beginning Jeanette we talked about voices you know these subtle uh, repetitious statements of despair that we're kind of um, maybe unconsciously or are hearing almost whispered in our ears and um, another another really powerful antidote to that is reading 
reading the Word of God, you know, every morning before you get out of bed or before you leave the house, even if you read only one paragraph of the New Testament and just kept going through the New Testament, or you found Lives of the Saints, or you found a spirituality book that really, really spoke to you, or a daily devotional, whatever that may be, but you are constantly watering the good seeds of thoughts and desires and intentions. And the more you water those, the more you deprive of, of water the other seeds and they will die they will disappear they will recede to the background but the minute you stop then the minute you stop feeding the good um, reading and immersing yourself in this world the other the weeds will start to come back again so it's it's a continuous all the time a movement of of almost feeding yourself watering those seeds of, of life and love and joy and peace and trust and faith um, that we find in the scriptures. Yeah, it really is about you um, taking some initiative mm-hmm. um, in keeping God in your life and keeping that love in the forefront. Because one of the things you, you cannot dismiss is that the evil one is watching. He's mm-hmm. there. He is waiting. He's waiting for that moment where you're tired and you're distressed and he can come in. Mm -hmm. And the way to keep a shield against that, in a sense, Mm -hmm. as St. Pat, one of of the beautiful shields is St. Patrick's shield, but to keep a shield against that is to keep these thoughts in the forefront of your mind. And I Mm -hmm. like how you said, read in the morning, Mm -hmm. um, because that starts your day right. Mm -hmm. If you start with prayer and you start with with the Word of God, Mm -hmm. um, then you're already a step ahead in terms of Mm -hmm. the way you're perceiving your relationship with God and your relationship Mm -hmm. with the world in a sense. Read in the morning and you can even read a little bit at night because you can turn to the Holy Spirit and during the night is when we really worry and our thoughts run and we think about what could happen or and if we read a little bit at night and we really ask the Holy Spirit to heal us to to fill us with peace and goodness in our dreams as we sleep. Then when we wake up again the next morning and we read a little bit more in the morning, we're, we're really building something. We're building that interior castle Teresa of Avila was talking about, that we're moving towards that place of union with God and peace and trust in, in Him. And we're not saying that we're not still going to have those moments of desolation mm-hmm. or those times of desolation, but this gives you some sort of armor or even, I would say, weapons mm-hmm. um, to use during that time that I'm not going to just succumb to it. I'm not just going to let it happen, um, that the church is giving me these tools. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really an important part, Jeanette, because when you're in desolation, that's when you should be doing uh, these practices that you do when you're in consolation. Even if you don't feel like it, that's even more the time that you should just keep doing them without stop. And then and know that that moment of of desolation of darkness, that down moment will not last forever and will move up again as the waves come and go. 
And it's then in those moments of consolation, spiritual consolation, when we, we feel like going to Mass, we feel like praying the rosary, that we kind of build up then again right. this sense of God's presence so that the next time things become more difficult, we can remember then, as we talked before, mm-hmm. we can remember the, the times before and say, that time will come again. I know without a doubt because I have touched God's presence, not because someone said it on a radio or whatever. I have touched God's presence and I know without a doubt that that moment will come again and that even if I cannot feel or hear or see in the darkness, God is doing something. He is saving us even now and I I don't need to see. I can trust and I will believe without a doubt. And I just like to encourage you maybe even just for the next week to decide to try one of these as a habit to either start your day and end your day with scripture, um, to start your day with prayer, maybe to go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation if you haven't done it. Um, Establishing these habits will make it so much easier when you're feeling weak and angry and upset. If you already have the habit of prayer, if you have the habit of forgiving, um, then they're going to come to you much more easily. Mm-hmm. And frankly, you're going to be happier. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, we're not promised joy or happiness, but we find them when mm-hmm. we're in the presence of God. Yes. And, and that's so beautiful. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's continue the conversation. But in the meantime, um, thank you, Sister Catherine, for doing this. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been so wonderful being able to talk about this with you. Exactly, exactly. So thank you all for joining us and give it a try. It can only help. God bless you. God bless you all. <laughs>